Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. Scripture reading today is from the uh, book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and 12 and 13. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. The word of God for the people of God. So let us go away with God in prayer. And holy God, as we come before you today, may we feel your presence and your love as if we've just gone away with you for a moment. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love summer. You may have heard me say that before. I love the relaxed routine. I love that my kids are not stressed out about school and all the stuff that's going on. I love the sunshine and going to the pool and going up north and all of those things. But I also have realized that I love back to school. <laughs> now, not because I'm anxious for the kids to be out of my hair, and not because of the cooler weather or because the pool is closed, but because I find that we use that time in my house, in our house, to get our lives in order, to get ourselves um, put together so that we can have a successful year. We, clean out the old clothes and we get some new clothes and we clean out the backpacks. Why we don't do that in spring? I, I don't know, but uh, we don't. And so we clean them out and we get some new school supplies and wash everything out and we stock the freezer, thanks to Steve Mann for reminding me on Facebook that the meat sale at Bushes was last week and I could go and get all kinds of stuff and stock our freezer with freezer meals and we get all the school and church and activities on the calendar and I feel like we're ready to go and it feels really good. And really, if you look on the outside, it's true. We're ready. Things, everything is in order. But are we ready on the inside? What about the anxiety over the teachers? Who are, what are my teachers going to be like? Did I choose a too difficult of a schedule for this year? How am I going to get everything done? How am I going to find my exercise routine in the midst of all of this? How am I going to do all that needs to be done? And I start to wonder, are we really ready? We might look like it on the outside, but internally we've got all these things that we're wrestling with. And so that's what we're looking at this fall. We spend so much time on those external things, but how are we caring for the inside stuff? And so we're going to spend some time together getting our houses in order, and today it's the spiritual house. 
Now, you might remember from uh, two years ago when we did the Revive Sermon series, we talked about John Wesley and Methodism, and we talked about how when John Wesley was first beginning, it was in, he was a student at Oxford, and he would get together those holy clubs, the small groups of people, and they would um, check in with each other and hold each other accountable. And one of the questions that they would ask and that each of them would answer is, how is it with your soul? And so I wonder, how is it with your soul? How are you caring for your spiritual self? And who in your life checks on your soul? Are you being fed? Are you growing in faith? Where is your relationship with God on your to-do list? This past Wednesday, uh, in our staff meeting, Kristen Tesaro brought the devotion, and I said after she was done, can I have that? I want to use it in my sermon. <laughs> but she told the story um, about the railroad tracks. It's, it goes like this. During the early days of trains, a flagman would take his place in the middle of the street, stopping all traffic as a train approached. During the day, he'd hold up a stop sign, and at night, he'd wave a lantern. One dark night at a railroad crossing, there was an accident, and a lawsuit followed. The prosecuting attorney asked the usual questions and then followed with an important one. On the night of the accident, when you saw the car approaching, did you wave the lantern? The flagman answered, yes, I waved the lantern. The attorney for the prosecution continued with other questions, but before long, he came back to the same one. Did you wave the lantern? And the flagman responded, yes, I did wave the lantern. The case seemed to hinge on this one question, this one bit of testimony, and the prosecutor realized it, so once more he thundered, again, I ask you, when you saw the car approaching the crossing, did you wave the lantern? And once again, the flagman answered, I did. Yes, I waved the lantern. The railroad company won the case. No damages were allotted. Later, the defense attorney was talking to the flagman, and he said, the prosecuting attorney really had me worried when he kept asking, did you wave the lantern? Did you wave the lantern? Well, said the flagman, what worried me was that he might ask, was the lantern lit? <laughs> and the next line of the story is, there is so much waving of dead lanterns. What about ours? No matter your place in life, I bet you've got a lot going on between job and kids and grandkids and aging parents and difficult children and loneliness and loss of independence and health issues and billing, bill issues and mar marital health. Whatever your story, I wonder, does it allow you space to work on your spiritual self or are you waving a dead lantern? Because dead lanterns lead to diminished souls. Now, I can stand up here and say, sign up for a class, and I'm going to, just for a moment. 
So we have all kinds of classes that are going to be offered this fall that I hope you'll take advantage of. Um, I'm going to be teaching a class uh, called uh, Practices of Grace, and we'll do a different activity each week um, on a ways to grow closer with faith. It's You can come to all of them, or you can just come to you know, the ones that you can make it. Um, we've got the, the, way, the classes that will help us with our generosity. We have a class that's going to help us uh, connect our physical health with our spiritual health. We have daytime classes. We have evening classes. Come to the picnic and learn about them and find out. That's my little advertisement. But I do really hope you'll take some time to learn about that and to take advantage of all that we're offering. But I also wonder, what in your life is preventing you from a closer relationship with God? Is it time? Or is it that making yourself a priority, making God a priority in your life, just isn't something you can justify because you've got so many other things to do and so many other people to take care of? Or is there something deeper going on? What does it take to get your spiritual house in order? Is it simply time and energy, or is there a roadblock? Now, we have all kinds of clutter in our lives, all kinds of stuff. We've got the necessary stuff, we've got the things that we're expected to have, and we have the stuff that we just have and can't seem to get rid of. Sometimes that's the same with spirituality. We have clutter we have clutter like the questions that we wrestle with, but we don't really seek the answers. We just let them plague us. We know that they're there, and they maybe make us avoid them. Things we all wonder about. The accuracy of Bible stories. How do science and faith line up? Even how can there really be a God? We have questions, but we don't engage them. We can read. I've got some resources if you want them. When we talk to others, we might actually find out that many people are asking the same questions because they are. They're valid questions. And when we engage the questions, sometimes we find answers. And sometimes we just become comfortable with the questions, with the not knowing. At the same time, we find, though, that we're growing in faith. Sometimes the clutter comes from messages that we've internalized, theologies that have been passed down to us. Maybe even as little kids, they began with getting God and Santa Claus mixed up, right? The God who rewards the good and punishes the bad. The God who keeps lists and keeps track of what we're doing and what we're not doing. Maybe we um, have the baggage of shame, that we feel ashamed of ourselves in front of a judging God, a God who we determine is disappointed in us, that we can't please those around us, and so how can we please God? Or life isn't going good. Why does God allow it? These kinds of thoughts get in the way as well. Why would you want to grow closer with a God who's basically abusive? And so you do your part because you're supposed to, and so you appreciate some of the values that you have at church, but you don't grow yourself because you don't want to face this God that is taking up so much room and 
spreading around so much clutter in your heart and in your brain. This is where Marie Kondo comes in. Have you watched her on Netflix? Um, Jance actually introduced me to her. Um, she has, you know, one of these home makeover kind of shows where she goes and she helps people to get organized, to get rid of the clutter, to say goodbye, and to determine what it is that you keep, what brings you joy. Let's watch a little clip. Key point for distinguishing items which spark joy from those which don't is to feel the item in your hands. Take each piece of clothing in your hand and see how your body responds. See if it sparks joy in you. When you touch an item that sparks joy, your body would respond this way. feels as if every part or every cell of your body lifts up little by little. This is the sensation your body would feel when you touch items that spark joy. On the contrary, when you touch an item which does not spark joy, you would feel as such, every part of your body feels like it weighs down. It may look odd as you are just watching, but when you actually feel the item, surprisingly the response from the body would be different than you imagine, and you will be more sensitive as you do it. Like so, try it with each and every piece of clothing you own and see if the item makes you happy now that they should remain with you. Okay. So maybe for some of us that will feel weird. But I want you to think about it for a minute because I do think that that works for our stuff, right? What are the things that, you know, do I really need this? Does it bring me joy or can I get rid of it? But I also think that that can work with some of these spiritual thoughts that we have, some of these theologies that have been passed down to us. Remember that James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect thing comes from God. And we also know that in Christ there is no darkness at all. So wouldn't then the implication be that the good is, comes from God, that those things that bring us joy come from God? Therefore, feelings of inadequacy, of a vengeful God, of an angry God, of a God who rejects us for our humanness, a God who doesn't care about the bad stuff that happens, those aren't really feelings about God. That's not really from God, of God, because they don't bring joy. They don't give love. So discard them. Say goodbye to them because they're not of God. That's not how God works. God's desire is for you to know how loved you are and that God is placing the good in your life. So when you think of God loving you, does that spark joy? Ding! How do you feel about God being disappointed in you? I'm here to tell you that those are not feelings of God. Your own, they're your own feelings that you're projecting onto God. 
getting our spiritual houses in order is about loving God as unconditionally as God loves you. Don't put these things on God. Just love God back. And it's about making God a priority because it is an essential piece in our lives of getting our spiritual health in order if we want to have lives of joy. Your spiritual health needs to be intact. It needs to be an essential part of your life. Because when we are having that part in order, then we can find that we can grow and in faith and it will enable us to live with joy, to face the hard times, to know that you're not alone, to do all that God has in mind for you, to experience all that God has in mind for you. So get to work. Clear out the clutter. Because when you do, you'll find that God has already been at work offering you joy, offering you clarity and hope and possibility. I want to read to you one more time those words from Romans 12, 1 to 2, this time from the message. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that God, what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best of you. and Develops well-formed maturity in you. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.